All right, we're back at it. George Teague shooting, recording from TapsCon down in San Antonio. Uh, man, it's been a great convention. Uh, for those of y'all in TAPS that aren't here, I sure hate that you guys aren't here. Make sure that you make it next year. A lot of learning, a lot of breakout sessions. Sponsors are down here. Uh, the exhibition hall is terrific. And just San Antonio, being right down on the Riverwalk is a, is a tremendous uh, place. So uh, make sure you guys get out here and, and support the organization because Brian Bunzelmeyer and the, the staff, they're all doing a tremendous thing. Uh, with continuing to grow our organization and really uh, I think we might be the biggest private school organization in the country uh, for sure so uh, can't be slept on right we got another guest coming in man I met this young man um, in Tyler I believe was the first time that I actually saw him we were playing our football teams were playing against each other uh, I think I was at Shelton yes. uh, and we were mm-hmm. down playing at Tyler T.K. Gorman and I don't know if you were just a track coach then or if uh, you were on the football staff then too, but that was the first time I really got to talk and meet. And when you get to meet people where you know there's – you could tell it's not just about the competition, it's about the kids. And I remember when he first walked up to me and he talked about building a program and how to, how to do it. Reverend Milton um, actually pulled me to the side and uh, – Started giving some words of advice and, and things of that nature, so I'm very thankful for that. I have not forgot that, and I'm honored to have you on the show today, sir. I'm glad to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, tell us what you're doing now. I mentioned that you're at uh, Bishop Gorman and, and Tyler. Uh, what are you up to now? Well, uh, uh, basically, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm pastoring. I, I pastored the Greater New Pleasant Hill Church for 32 years. Retired. Uh, I was a track coach and director of athletic scholarships at Bishop Gorman Catholic High School in Tyler for 30 years. So I retired uh, from there and uh, started a little business there in uh, uh, Tyler, uh, Milton Center for Athletic Advising. And then I started, uh, planted another church at the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, wanted me to, uh, to start Open Door Bible uh, Church. So I started there. Um, my story, uh, basically, um, in terms of people always ask me, you know, as a uh, missionary black Baptist pastor, mm-hmm. how in God's name did you end up at Bishop Gorman Catholic High School? And the, the bullet points to that story is uh, born in San Diego, California, uh, was reared in foster care, 18 years. I aged out of the foster care system, 14 foster homes, two reformatory schools, and one orphanage. They fed you cat food, dog food, beat you at wind and wild. Most of the children in the uh, Hillcrest uh, Receiving Home Orphanage, they died. Uh, they didn't make it. They put them in cardboard boxes, threw them down the hill, and there, you know, there was just no, no recourse for that. Trace. And they could, they could do that uh, because most of the names were not on the birth certificates. My name was not on my birth certificate until 1984, and I was born in 1955. And... A Catholic nun uh, rescued uh, uh, me and uh, several others. My brother and sister was not was, was not so uh, fortunate. Uh, they died uh, in the orphanage two days before we were to be released. And so you could imagine uh, a young man, you know, I, I hated God, I, I hated life, I hated myself. And finally in my 14th foster home, I ended up with a little old short lady out of Wynn, Arkansas, Dady Florence Johnson Brown. Uh, she couldn't read, she couldn't write, uh, but she could love. And she told me something 
George, I never forgot. She said, don't let your abuse be your excuse. And, and that stayed uh, with me. So she was always praying and asking God to look over me and make a way out of no way. And I got tired of it, and I got sick of it. I got tired of her. I got sick of those prayers. So sarcastically, uh, I got on my little rebellious knees, folded my rebellious hands, lifted up my rebellious head, lifted my rebellious voice. I knew she could hear me. And I, and I said, God, you know all this heaven stuff is a joke. And I said, I want you to bless me. I want to be one of the best football players that Abraham Lincoln High School in San Diego ever seen. I want to be one of the best track runners with speed that everybody uh, ever seen. And one other thing, God, I want to be a pastor. And I want to be a good pastor. In your name, amen. And I knew she heard that. Well, George, we were out in the street running. This little old small little skinny guy's beating everybody. Playing football far beyond his years. Uh, make a long story short, we were playing big, a big-time game at Patrick Henry High School, and uh, UCLA was there to recruit this big-time quarterback. Long story short, they didn't recruit the quarterback. They recruited the guy who was holding his pants up with some tape. And, uh, and I got a scholarship at UCLA for football and, and track. Under, uh, Pepper Rogers was the coach at that time, and it was succeeded by Dick Vermeil. And uh, Jim Bush was my track coach. And, uh, and that was a great experience. I had the opportunity to participate in 1976 Olympic trials and nice. and of course the thing you know that uh, really hurt is looking at these Olympic years is 1980 <laughs> that was going to be my year that was going to be my year and George they uh, you know Jimmy Carter canceled it out and never had that uh, uh, opportunity but I, be, I, uh, I became a foster parent married a wonderful lady I adopted 11 children from Child Protective Services um, and um, and I went to Bishop Gorman Catholic High School to fulfill that promise to the Catholic nun. Stayed there 30 years, and, and uh, most of the children are grown now doing uh, uh, very well. And uh, so that, that's a little bit of Jerome Rocky Milton. Well, I appreciate um, you sharing that because, you know, one of the things I try to talk to people about is, you know, first of all, sharing testimonies. That's just powerful. You don't know what people have faced and are going through when you talk about overcoming this and allowing for people to know that you still can succeed uh, like you're, you're, you're saying there, don't let your abuse be your excuse um, you know that means a lot uh, and I know that will resonate with a lot of people. Uh, now going to the Olympics uh, and, and running and I, I don't know if you want to hit this or not but you know as a I, there's so much we could talk about with the world right? Uh, yes. The change I'm saying change where, you know, whether are we losing faith, uh, the religion, are we pulling things out of school? You know, why are tap schools important um, <laughs> because of that? Um, I don't know, man. What, did you got, so we just had Cecil. And I know you guys are pretty close. And yes. we're talking about track and we're talking about country. You know, he served in the military and. You got any kind of opinion one way or another on, you know, the Olympics and when we got athletes who are, you know, turning their back on whether they're on the stage? And yeah, Yes, I do. I wanted to wear the red, white, and blue of the United States of America so bad in 76. I didn't uh, make the team, but it was a privilege to try. I knew I would make the team in 1980 to represent the United States of America. The pride that the young man 
and young ladies had in those days and the coaches had in the team, in the country, in the world. Today, um, I look at the Shakira Richardson situation and a lot of people don't know that this young lady was tested 15 times before the Olympic trials. She was tested six times during the Olympic trials. A total of 21 times she was tested. Prior to one of her events, a white reporter comes up to her and says, how do you feel that your mother just passed away? She didn't know it. Her grandmother and everybody kept it from her because it wasn't the time to share that. And it, it just, it, it, she was broken, shattered, tattered, battered. And she said, I made the wrong decision. And she stepped up to it, owned, uh, owned it. And she said, I don't blame my mother. I don't blame my grandmother. I don't blame my coaches. I don't blame my country. I don't blame the Olympic Committee. I knew the rules. I knew it was wrong. I take accountability and responsibility for this. This is who we want young women and young men to uh, pattern after. Number two, we have another young woman, Afro-American young woman, that had the same opportunity that this country provided for her to go to college, get a scholarship, and participate in the Olympic uh, trials, and she's in the top three in the hammer throw. She puts a hoodie on top of her head. She turns away from the flag. Said, the country is racist, the flag is racist, the national anthem is racist, and George, she's going to march in the opening ceremonies for the United States of America, a country she called racist, with a racist national anthem, um, uh, and um, uh, a racist flag. We should have kicked her off the team. A lot of people don't want to say that. I'll say it now. I'll say it today. I'll say it forever. If, if you don't feel that your country is worth um, going to the Olympics for and representing, you should be on the team, and the next girl should come up. But Shakira Richardson, which made a mistake. I blame the Olympic Committee, and here's why. There's no warning system. She should have received a warning. 21 times she's tested, 21 times in case she's come out of it. She made a mistake. We should have looked at against the backdrop of what she did. We should have given that young woman a Christian nation with Christian standards, Christian principles. We didn't give that girl a chance. She should have been on the four-by-one team. We didn't even give her that. But the hammer throw, she's going to Tokyo. Yeah, see, yeah, and I appreciate it, man. Very powerful words, and sometimes it, I don't know where the voice of reasoning go or logic, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it all kind of seems to make sense, you know, and I, you know, I, I don't, I catch it sometimes, I guess, just growing up in the military, having um, a father who served, you know, yes. 25 years, living on the base, you know, all of my life pretty much until I got to college and, um, having a brother who served into it, you know, just a, a, a piece of patriotism. And, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, there's, yeah, you know, we can't say that bad things don't happen, that there aren't racist people in the world or whatnot, because right. there are. Um, yes. But I think if you if you find the good in people, if you try to be positive with people, that we can make a, a serious impact Yes. on the way people think. Um, Absolutely. You know, and live. And Reverend, you know, I want to go down this road with you just because this is, this is a very good conversation and we probably have to have some more but so me and my wife were on vacation um, the other day uh, we were actually driving through some 
small towns in Kansas mm-hmm. heading to a lake house, you know, and we were, we were really actually talking about how does racism start? How does it really go? You know, you go to a town, you know, there's no black people in it. Um, you know, maybe there's some black towns where there's no white people in it, but we're starting to say, man, how does it, you know, how do we really build that and mold these type of relationships when people might haven't been around others you know they live right. in towns of 200 people and there's just family and all they know is what they see on tv so right is there something where we have to do as a black community to you know lead this charge yes i think the great majority of americans that don't have uh, experiences with with people of color and or um, other races in particular uh, i say the afro-american community their minds are shaped with what they see on TV. And they think that's all of us. The problem is the best of us are quiet. The problem is the best of us does all to step up, step out, and say, you know, th- you know that's not you know, who, who I am. I don't care about liberal. I don't care about conservative. I care about right. And that's not who we are as black men. That's not who we are as black women. That's not who we are as black uh, uh, families. So get to really know the great majority of who we are. We're not what you see in the movies. We're not what you see with just you, uh, just a few segmented, uh, you know. Uh, all of us are not killing, us, killing people in New York, L.A., and Chicago. That's not the, the great majority of us. Uh, I say this to people all the time, and many get upset, and I'll say it again. Don't say anything to me about whether or not uh, Afro-Americans don't have conservative standards. Because most of us that had single black mothers and came up with single homes, what have you, very conservative, <laughs> was right and was wrong. And we grew up as strong black men, strong black uh, uh, women, and, um, and we, we still have you know, strong black uh, uh, families. But we're portrayed as something you know, that, we're, uh, uh, that we're not. And I think that when, what has to happen is those voices uh, you say, well, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to be bothered with that. Going to have to start being bothered. Well, um, you know what? I thank you. I'm going to have to invite you back on for another show. I, I think I might be a, a dual thing, get you and Sergeant Young on. We'll, <laughs> we'll dive into some tracks. So he gave me a very special guest uh, with Shot Diva. Uh, her name is Michelle Carter is her real name. Um, but she was an Olympian, a gold medalist. Um, and so we've had quite a few track people on. And, uh, you know, I think people slip on that. But thank you for your story, thank sir. You. Thank you for, for being who you are. Thank you for being a leader for the TAPS organization and being here with us right now. There he is. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.